God, again, we want to thank you for giving us this opportunity. Even if the devil was just fighting against what you want to present, we say we are victors. This morning, we are looking, like I said earlier on, on the theme, the Messiah for a second. And I had just talked about the irrelevancy of Thursday today as a day of remembering three important things. Monday, Thursday, as you remember, when you brought in your people, the 12 core people, sit with you, pray with you, talk to them, and eat with them. That was a map of discipleship and solidarity. The second one was that you celebrated the Eucharist with them a symbol for eating together, telling them that you have to share with one another. But above all, reminding them that at a point you'll be killed by us, people we have created, and then raised to victory. Bread signifying life, your blood signifying that saving redemptive plan. But also the last component before devolved in, in the text was the act of washing the feet of their disciples. The act of humility, the act of love, the act of saying you are mine, I can even stoop down and clean your dirty feet. Very, very important for today for you and me. There are key issues which we have to look through because of the little time which I'm remaining with. Three things which you have to remember. That during this day, when we talk about this theme of Messiah for a second, it reminds you and me of having an aspect in your life. I would just use an illustration of a man and a woman in relationship. I remember you and me have courted each other. Those who haven't courted, just forgive me. You've been moving with this girl, this boy, for over two, three years. Among the Baganda, you have even done what we call the secret visit. Parent, parent. Then you plan for the introduction where you call all the relatives. And then you drive or you walk. For us, you walk during the 70s, 80s. You walk towards the parents and you sit and sit and sit mm. and wait for the great time. After sitting for three hours, getting a special, they tell you, look here, we are not giving you the time. According to the Jews, they looked at the Messiah as a very strong man, a strong king, King David, who would come and crush all the enemies. And for the Jews, a Messiah was that strong king, the Saba Yekera the conqueror of the British Empire, if it was a mean here, 
the Sava Ekira like Musleven called himself Sava Ekira was conquered many people. They thought he would come and finish everything. But for Jesus, he was not a Sava Ekira. He was not a conqueror of the British Empire. He was not an imposing king or president. He was a humble man who was coming to demonstrate the love of God. That's why in verse one, he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I have quite desperate for help, but she does not come. Why have you forsaken me? In fact, doesn't render that God had left Jesus, but God just turns his face a bit and then leaves Jesus to take over the son of David to take over. He depicts the Messiah differently in a low profile. Jesus comes into your heart in a low profile to suffer for you and my own behalf. He becomes what we call in Buganda, a peace child, a ransom. Verse 22, one to two, clearly talks about the ransom Jesus did, a peace child. You negotiate your life with the child you put there. Two people are negotiating for reconciliation. Then you say, what can I do? A win-win. So Jesus, God gives Jesus as a peace child for our ransom. That's a very important aspect. Thread one. Why have you forsaken me? Not because God has kept himself aloof, no. He knows the suffering, the pain, but he says, no, you are the peace child for us. Second lesson, which you and me can learn. It is a prophetic stand of Christ's coming. This is a psalm of agony for you and me. Jesus is referred to as a slaughtered lamb, a slaughtered lamb, a lamb that is slaughtered for you and me. Remember, there are incidences in this life where you and me are passing through. The Messiah has not forgotten you. He knows you are there as a daughter, as a son, but he knows what you are going through, what you are going through are part and parcel of life. You remember in Matthew 27, 46, Jesus says, Eli, Eli, why have you forsaken me? Not because God is not mining, but because he has to carry that cross. Verse 2 says, during day I call to you, my God. Poor, but you do not answer. I call at night, but not get get any rest. In certain instances of life, you may feel forgotten for a second. You can call and call and knock upon God. But we are reminded that even during those difficult moments of time, especially if you have been going through land, remember God loves you because he's enthroned as the Holy One, the one whom you and me 
praises. It's very important that you and me take those aspects very, very important. In verse 3 to 5, the reader mentioned that he, God is enthroned as the Holy One, the one whom Israel praises. Our ancestors put their trust in you. They trusted you and you saved them. They called you and escaped from danger. They trusted you and you are not disappointed. What do we want to take out of that one as a restaurant? As we look towards these last three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Let us remember that God was there in the past. God is still with us. And God is ready to save you and me. That he who was there has a special reason for you and me to be alive. One thing which makes me so comfortable that our God is not a mocker. He's not a mocker. Our God is a God who knows you and knows me. This morning, as I was preparing my sermon, I woke up at about, about to five to catch up here and this way. I didn't know the gadget was stopped, but would, would harass me. But then power went off. But I never gave up because I know God was not a mocker. He exists for you and me. I went, I go to my solar light, I put on to touch up here and there. He is not a mocker. This morning he wanted to mock us by <laughs> trying to make these guys not work. Take God as a God of history, a God who intervenes in situation, a God who can change situations which are difficult into situations which are simple. He plans for you. He's present. He was there. He can do everything. He's a God of the past and the present. I want you, as we finalize this little homily, think about moments in life where you have walked as an entity, as a grace, as a kidress, as Alan. Where are some of those areas where you think you have been for a second and God has enabled you to pass through as a God of the past? as a God of the present, that amidst all the griefs, the challenge you are going to, through, he is a God of history. Isaiah 53, 1-4 still talks about a four-second Messiah. A four-second Messiah, but there is hope beyond being four-second. May God give you and me the confidence, the joy, the ability to walk hand in hand with him as we move, as we go ahead. For instance, right now in Uganda, many, many people are passing through challenges of liquidity. You hear people talking about, no, our God has moved. We are poor. We are sick. No. Our God is not a God who forgive, forgets you. He's a God who works with you. 
He knows you personally. He considers you as a man and a woman. Verse 7k says, All who see me jeer at me. They stick out their tongues and shake their heads. In fact, when you're in a situation which is hard, and then people begin jeering at you, you feel downtrodden. You see people talking and talking about you, but we have a God of history who was jeered to, who was forsaken by us, you and me, but he conquered and became victorious. His mission was not understood. You and me never understood the mission, but he knew that there was a purpose and a purpose for glory and salvation. God turned his face from Christ to enable you and me bear our sins. In Psalms 22, 1-2, God seems to turn away his face from Jesus Christ, not because he does not want love his son, but he wanted you and me to bear our sins. Sisters and brothers, allow Jesus to touch you, to feel you, and don't feel that he has forsaken you. He may stand there where he is, then you go through all the messes you are going through, but then at the end, you emerge victorious. Yesterday, we had a very good skit during the carols. Those who were there or were viewing us on the Zoom, there was this, this skit about the, 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 the tortoise and food in Luganda. A very rich man who had everything like many of us in Uganda have, but he had then trusted all rich aspects in an animal called a tortoise. I don't know who stole his tortoise, but when the tortoise left, the man became desperate. Friends, don't be like that family which had entrusted himself, themselves in a tortoise. Entrust yourself in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the moment you entrust yourself to him, everything will be fulfilled and you will emerge victorious. I was so happy that by the end of the day, the skit, the man accept Jesus, Lord and Savior, and he left the tatters, and he followed him. And finally, the Messiah, the Messiah is not a, an event of the past. The Messiah is an event of the present. Where you have to experience him personally as Lord and Savior. He is a God who is encompassed in all what you do. That Messiah knows who you are, knows what you do, knows what you want, knows what you don't want. He is encompassed, he is engulfed in all what you do. What he needs you and me to do is say, Jesus, even during this time of Lent, as we finish up God, 
Come and make me your instrument of faith, your instrument of hope, your instrument of salvation. And the moment you experience him, that Messiah will become a point, a fulcrum of your need. That's why he was present in the past. He is moving with you and you move, continue moving with you. This Messiah surrounds all our activity. May you and me make the Messiah surround us as we traverse these last days, as we think about his crucifixion, as we think about that act of Holy Communion, where he gave us bread and wine to remember him as our peace child. He was humiliated for you and me. Why don't you take a moment of time, even your life and my life, to reflect on him? Be humiliated, humble a bit, and then know what goes on. In fact, in verse 12 of the same chapter, he says, my enemies surround me like bulls. They are all around me like fierce bulls from the land of Basham. My enemies surround me like bulls. They are all around me like fierce bulls from the land of Basham. Some of you who have read the history of the Jews, Basham had bulls which were so huge and if a bull came to you to tear any person, the enemies David is talking about are those strong challenges which can surround you even during this time of Lent and you cannot go through. But he's saying, God, come to me, come to me and be my savior. Come to me and be the one who can lead me through these challenges. I mentioned earlier on, he was encompassed with problems. He was surrounded with pain. He was humiliated. One time, such pain I can compare it one time when we were having our second first child. Vera spent almost eight hours in the old room. And I was, we were in the Mengo Hospital in the 80s. This strong woman almost became frail. I could see the head of my child coming out. Dr. Chohere didn't have anything to do. Eight years, there was nothing to do. I told Chohere, my brother Chohere, you are a saved man. Why don't you just cut my wife and we pull the child together? He said, wait a moment. I said, no, Dr. Chohere do the needful because I need this child and this woman. Then Chohere got that scissor. He cut well. And the child was pulled out. And Vera, who was dying in pain, said, oh, my God, my child. He, she was encompassed with pain. That's the pain I want to imagine Jesus went through with. People abusing him. Some people piercing him. May you allow yourself and me to be humiliated, to be encompassed with pain, so that you can emerge victorious. Such situation where you and me have challenges require you and me to, to 
be frank with yourself, to be open with yourself, and then say, God, allow me. And in Hebrew, when they talk about Jesus being knocked with those strong nails, there's a word which is you that will not go in Hebrew, in Aramaic. But it was a very strong nail, almost four or five inches long. In fact, it was mined into his hands and his feet, like as if you get a drill. Some of you are uh, practical. You begin drilling into someone's bone for the nail to go through. This man was mined with that long nail and pass through his broken bones so that he can die for you and me. May you allow Jesus to drill you, to mine you with change, transformation, that during this time of Easter, you and me know Jesus as Lord and Savior. My friends, as I finish, let us remember that today, Jesus is going to wash your feet and my fish feet as a way of humility. May you allow yourself to stoop down to your husband, to your wife, to your colleagues in the office, and then Jesus clears your feet to wash them complete. That as we look forward Sunday, you are washed complete. And you can say, Jesus, thank you for making me a clean man or woman. And secondly, remember that today again, we shall celebrate Eucharist. Eucharist reminding you and me that this man who was mined with those strong nails died for you and me. That as you eat, as you drink, you remember that he stood there as a sacrifice for you, as a peace child. And the last one, we remember that these last days, others have been holy. They are holy days where God himself changed his face and left his son, Jesus Christ, to become a peace child. May you and me become a peace child to our wives, a peace child to our husbands, a peace child to our children. May we ask for forgiveness and reconciliation where we have gone wrong. May you go to your neighbor and tell him, look here, Grace, look here, Florence, look here, Jafu, look here, Rebecca. I'm using the people who are close to me. I don't fear talking about them. Look here, Tendo. Look here, Sarah. I seek forgiveness because our own was for a second. And because it was for a second for us, we seek forgiveness. Members, as you go out from this homily, go and seek for forgiveness. Kilaje, let us seek forgiveness from each other so that we can be able to lead others. Our people whom we take lead as your pastors, let us seek forgiveness 
reconciliation, where we have annoyed you as clergy in this season. I stand, I kneel down here in my house to ask for forgiveness on behalf of the clergy, where we have wounded you. I ask forgiveness, God, on behalf of the lady who may have forgiven each other. I ask forgiveness, God, on behalf of the husbands who may have annoyed the wives. I ask forgiveness on behalf of the wives who may have annoyed the husband. I ask forgiveness on behalf of the parliamentarian who have taken our initiatives. I ask forgiveness on behalf of the president of Uganda. He has annoyed people here. I ask forgiveness, God, and repentance on behalf of entire Uganda, that we can now look forward to Sunday when you resurrect and you are clean people. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we want to thank you once again this morning that your word is true, it doesn't change. That what was prophesied by David and by Isaiah many hundreds of years before Christ was born, where the very words he said on the cross of the seven statements he mentioned, that Lord, you didn't uh, forsake him at birth, in Bethlehem, in a manger, in exile, in Egypt. You didn't forsake him in his growing up, when he was being misunderstood, when he had nowhere to put his head. You didn't forsake him. But when he carried our sin and the sin of the entire world, you, the Holy One, could not have fellowship with your very self, your own son, on that cross. Lord, we cannot understand that great love. But he felt that experience of being forsaken because he was now carrying our sin on our behalf. Lord, help us to reprocate, help us to love you greater than we have done, Lord. For you paid that total price and went through the whole agony that we should have gone through. Many times, Lord, we go through circumstances and we feel that we are praying and it's hitting a rock. Help us to quickly allow your Holy Spirit to show us if there is any sin that could be coming in to separate us and you, the Holy One. Help us, Lord, as our brother has prayed, to remain humble, to remain committed to serving you, to knowing you, and obeying you. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that it's only through you that we can get back to the Lord, that it's only through what you did on the cross that we have been reconciled. We pray that you give us the grace through this day to do that which you have taught us this morning and many days in the past. For you call us to listen, obey, and act. Help us, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit to trust you and obey and to do our part, especially where your Holy Spirit will show us areas to repent, to confess to each other, to put right Enable us to do that, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would flow in our lives, in our families, and in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.